And welcome back to another edition of Two Steps Ahead Podcast. Two Steps Ahead Podcast, highlighting the stuff we've stepped in so you don't have to. I'm Son Edom alongside somebody who cooks up a mean PB&J, <laughs> Tara Hoax Euro. I do, I do. Hey guys, welcome back. Hey, so we're continuing the conversation here in our uh, backyard barbecue podcast. <laughs> like I said, no steak, no hamburgers, but a mean PB&J. Hey, so uh, I was actually expecting you to, um, thank you for the sandwich, by the way. You're I was actually welcome. expecting you to cut off the crust altogether. Like, <laughs> you, ever, you, don't, you, don't do, you never did that with the kids growing up, cut off the crust. They just have like the... One kid wanted the crust cut off and the other one didn't care. Oh really? Yeah. No. Yeah, yeah. Do you like? Should I have cut your crust? No, off? no, it's fine. Oh. But I was just, I was just expecting the, the, for some reason, the crust to go away, and you know, because I had a kid. There was, there was one kid in elementary school who liked it. He liked his. It was peanut. He would always have peanut butter and jelly, but it was always on white bread. Yes. And it was always on that Wonder Bread, which yes. I don't think is around anymore. I haven't seen it. And so, and then he would have like pudding, or you know, he had the, like the good lunch, like the bad lunch, but the good yes. lunch yeah, that yeah. they wanted. And so it was a small, close-knit school, especially my class was pretty close-knit. And so, like, if for some reason maybe my mom was sick, couldn't make it or something, um, other moms would step in and bring lunch for somebody, Mm. okay? So this kid, his mom, one time brought me lunch, and I got the lunch, (laughs) the lunch, the white bread (laughs) instead of the Roman meal wheat bread, you know, and... I had the Wonder Bread, and I think I had like the licorice and the pudding and you know, all that. So it was like the the bad kid lunch, but it was like the envious lunch, right? And then another time, uh, I think earlier. Um, so this might have been like fourth, fifth, sixth grade. Well, first, second, third grade, somewhere in there again, same situation. But another friend, his mom stepped in, and she brought like a sh- brown shopping bag full of food. Wow. I mean, like, way too much. <laughs> but her philosophy, which was the best, was it's better to have more too much than, than not, not enough. enough. Yep. And so then, of course, you start bartering because you have so yeah. much stuff. Say, so, hey, what do you got? <laughs> hey, I'll trade you this for that, you know, whatever. <laughs> but so, uh, but yeah, so I remember the day that I got the uh, peanut butter and jelly on the Wonder White Bread with the, uh, and, and the, anyways, the point of it was the crust, the, the crusts were always cut off. That's they were wanted. always cut off. You had to yeah. cut them off. See, and the Wonder Ripe bread stuck to my teeth. I didn't like oh, it. Really? Because it was so soft and so, like, fluffy that it, it like, I would have to toast it before yeah. I eat it because it would stick to my teeth. I didn't like it. See, I never had it. So, um, it was a, a treat. And yep. then when I got old enough to, to buy it on my own, I guess, I never did. But, you no, know, I did. I think I did one time. Oh, during one period, like when I first moved out and I got my apartment, because I think it was like 89 cents a loaf or something, yeah. like ridiculously stupid. And so you could like buy like a year supply for like five bucks. <laughs> and, it, and, it, and it would last. It would last the year. That was the other thing with all the additives, preservatives, and sugar in it. It would last for like a year. Yeah. Um, and so that was it. And then, um, and then the other thing too, the peanut butter. Like we would always get because it had to be on, uh, on like the Roman meal kind of wheat bread. Which is what I gave you just a little Did while you, ago. Yeah, I get okay. that was wheat, that was honey wheat bread, and then <laughs> honey okay. Flax. So what kind of? Because we always had the Laura Scudder's peanut butter. That's what I just is gave that you. What it is? Yes. Okay. Yeah, see, Laura see the good stuff. And so when we got the bad bread on the Wonder Bread, it was like it could have been like Jif or Peter Pan or one of those other sugary things, you know. So it was always even though peanut because PB and J is always a solid go to. But it also depended on what kind of bread, what kind of peanut butter. Yes. And so it was always the wee bread um, and the Laura Scudder's 
peanut butter. Now, did this Laura Scudders come with the oil on top that you have to mix in? It does. That's a pain in the neck. Yeah. So that's the only part I don't yeah, like. That's but, what so I, like. I, 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 yeah, I do that right when I buy it, but, um, now, and then put it in the fridge. Here's your million dollar invention <clears throat> invent something where you connect the peanut butter to a blender. And it blends the peanut butter for you. So, yes, that would be really nice. A peanut butter blender. And here's, I'm going to one-up you on your PB&J. So, I love PB&J when I was growing up, and I would have um, a glass of chocolate milk yes. with it. That okay. was a must. And yes. potato chips yes. in the middle of, of the, the sandwich. sandwich. Okay. Sandwich went that far, but I have to have the potato chips. Now, here's the key. The chocolate milk. What kind? Like what? Oh, Nestle's Quick. Yes, okay. It had you. to be Nestle's yes, Quick. Okay, thank yes. you. Nestle's Quick. Yep. And so in yep. the potato chips, so I would put some on the side, but then, but also if I have chips in the house, like potato is my favorite vegetable. I don't care how you make it, how it comes. It is my favorite vegetable, no matter how it's made. So I usually always have potato chips in the house. But I would take the, pe- I would make the peanut butter and jelly and put the potato chips in the middle so that when you take a bite, it crunches, mm-hmm. right? Because there's chips in there and then you get that salt. On top of the peanut butter and the jelly, and then the chocolate milk on this. Oh, yes. now you're talking about like the Lay's plain peanut butter type chip. Just like the yeah, the regular yeah, salted the regular, Lay's. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's that's sort Potato of. But it would always be on the side because I never put it on the on the on the. I did. Um, I did both. Yeah, Goes in the sandwich and then some on the side. What kind of what kind of jelly? Because <laughs> it was always Knott's jelly. Um, smuckers every once in a while. No, I don't even think yeah, smuckers. Yeah. I used to do growing up. We always had grape. And now it's like strawberry or raspberry. No, but what brand? Oh, oh, oh Welch's. Oh, Welch's. Okay. Welch's grape jelly always. Well, okay. Yeah. And now it's Never, like Smucker's strawberry or raspberry. Do you remember, I forget what it was called, but the peanut butter and the jelly were in the same can? Yes. Yes, yes. It was like the same thing. Yeah, yeah. And, and it was like, and if you looked on the outside, it was like striped. An, yeah, yeah. yeah. The jelly, the peanut butter, the jelly, peanut butter. It was gross. I forget what it was called. I, I do too. We, I bought that a couple of times and it was not good. Yeah, I couldn't imagine it being good. No, it was gross. If you were to influence people about peanut butter and jelly <laughs> through social media, what would be the first thing you would put out there? A picture. Of the made sandwich? Um, probably a video making oh the sandwich the sandwich because then you can see the jelly dripping right. and the peanut butter dripping and you put it on and you talk about it while you're making it it's like oh and then you taste it and then you're like oh my gosh this is the best PB and J ever and then you have the crunchy so they get like all the senses and then right. maybe and then maybe post a still picture see that would be uh, I would do the um, I'd want to do the video of the chocolate milk. Mm. Okay, remember, remember, remember. Wait, wait, wait. How many scoops? I was of- just going to ask you that. <laughs> no, they recommended two scoops, right? Two scoops. Yes. No, I'm like six, seven. I'm dumping that thing in there. Half the, I would get the tallest glass in the kitchen. Yes. And half of it would be the powder. Yep. Of chocolate milk. Yep. And the rest would be milk, and that would stir that thing And then up. clink, 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 yes. clink, clink, clink. Yeah. Because uh, so, no, they recommended, I think the bunny on the commercial, the Nesquik yeah. bunny, was two scoops. No. Yeah. Two scoops. That's like brown I milk. I think I did like three tablespoons. Yeah. Like heaping. The heaping ones, yeah. Yeah. No, it was never yeah. the two. It was always more. And it would be to taste. Yes. That was the other thing. It'd be to taste. So I'd have to stir it up, drink it, taste it. Yep. Now I need a little bit more. So if I need a little bit more, I wouldn't necessarily add a big honking, you know, thing i would like put it in and then i'd get it right to taste yep, yep, yep. so it had to be a certain taste but i remember the commercial was always two scoops i'm like no that never no. cuts it that does and not do now it. let me see if you did this one so i also got a glass of white milk 
and Chips Ahoy chocolate chip cookies. And you dip the Chips Ahoy in the milk until it's just ready to fall off, but not quite. And then... We would do that, that and then also uh, Oreos. But this was, you talk about dunking. This was my favorite thing to dunk, and I'll still do it today, which is probably why I gained weight through COVID, <laughs> because I loved it, is graham crackers. I love graham crackers. You, you dip the graham crackers in the milk right before it falls off, and yes. then you eat it. And, mm. Yes. So the graham I have crackers. a box of graham crackers sitting by my bed. <laughs> you should be sitting there like munching graham crackers and doing it. On my nightstand, there's yes. a box of graham crackers. Okay, on the box of the graham crackers... <laughs> Um, they had the jelly. You ever remember that? Like on the no. box, the, the, there was the box was always like the olden days. They would have like the jelly, like a little jelly spread or something. I was I recall on the packaging, and I never did that. I don't remember that. No. But um, but then the um, and now, but it has to be, and I forget the brand, but it has to be that one brand. Yeah, Nabisco. Yes, it has to yeah, be the yeah, Nabisco. Yeah, yeah. Whatever, it can't be like this off-brand. No, no, it has stuff. to be the and the vanilla wafers. Yes, by Nabisco, the, or yes. like when you put the vanilla wafer in your mouth and you let it melt. Did you ever put a banana? Yes, like cut banana and put it on, or vanilla ice cream and vanilla wafers, or something like that, or banana ice cream? pudding. Oh, with yes, real yes, bananas yes. and vanilla wafers. Yes, that's what it was. Yes, yep. <laughs> that's what's good stuff. This is turning out to be the food yes. show. The food show. <laughs> the the eighties, the eighties babies, not eighties yes. babies because we were older. Yeah, in the we were 80s, older, but, but uh, um, the, the the youthful eighties, seventies, seventies babies. The, the food, man, that was good. They don't have that stuff anymore. You can't. You can't. They do. We just don't. You can't remember when they brought out an Ovaltine, and it was like the uh, the uh, like. That's what I buy now. Oh, do you? Yeah, I buy the Ovaltine because it has all the vitamins in it. Shame it's on you. It's not just sugar. It's but I prefer Shame the Nestle's quick. On you for buying <laughs> Ovaltine. Did I know. you ever buy Tang? So you never had Tang. Um, no, I don't. Tang like was tang. disgusting. It's gross. Yeah, I don't like Tang. No, but um, but no, Nestle's quick. You had to have it, and that back then it was in the tin. Yes. Tanya had to pop the yes, thing Yes, so you yes. get the little, yep, yeah, the little the thing, thing of the- <laughs> yeah, That was always a good time. And that's when that's when cereal had the toys. Yes. That's when Cracker Jacks actually had, had a secret a, toy. Yeah. You, know, you know, stuff the good, like rings, said, the good days. They had rings and jacks. And- Nowadays, it was all the bling. It was the youthful bling. Nowadays, yes. we have social media. <laughs> and if you're with us last time, we were talking about the, uh, the documentary called The Social Dilemma and the manipulation, basically, and uh, the addiction to it, and the fact that we, the people, are the consumer, the user. We are the product. We are the product. We are the marketplace, and how people will pay these entities to change our behavior and to get us to do things that they want us to do. And so I thought one of the things that came up through the social dilemma and another documentary, if you want to have more information on it, is there was a documentary out uh, back in early part of 2019, I believe it was, called The Social Animal. And it documented the social media experience of three teenagers, uh, one from New York. I think maybe one was out here in L.A. and then one was in the Midwest, like Oklahoma or something. And, um, and that's another way. But that, that documentary actually had to do with more of the social aspects of it, like the social bullying or the peer pressure, uh, the likes. Um, you know, not feeling validated, self-worth, mm-hmm. things like that. And this movie, or this documentary, The Social Dilemma, also touched on it. Mm-hmm. And I thought what we could do is start off with a clip, because we've got some clips here that we played in our last episode. So if you missed our last episode, which would be episode 52, I believe, because I think this is episode 53, <clears throat> you can go back and watch episode 52, and uh, you can hear what we said about the other stuff. And, uh, and so here is, as we get this conversation going, part two of this uh, Social Dilemma podcast, we're going to del- uh, delve into more of the self-worth, peer pressure, likes, 
that type of thing. And this was one of the clips that came from it that talked about depression and suicide amongst young people. There has been a gigantic increase in depression and anxiety for American teenagers, which began right around between 2011 and 2013. The number of teenage girls out of 100,000 in this country who are admitted to a hospital every year because they cut themselves or otherwise harm themselves, that number was pretty stable until around 2010, 2011, and then it begins going way up. It's up 62% for older teen girls. It's up 189% for the preteen girls. That's nearly triple. Even more horrifying, we see the same pattern with suicide. The older teen girls, 15 to 19 years old, they're up 70% compared to the first decade of the century. The preteen girls, who have very low rates to begin with, they are up 151%. And that pattern points to social media. So they're the guy talking about how the impact of social media has led to depression, especially young with uh, the female demographic, the younger female demographic, suicides. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of that has to do with the self-worth. I think, in fact, I think in part of the, the video, because if you watch the documentary, there's the people talking, and then they kind of have like, like this sub-movie kind of going on. Right, with this one family. Yeah, with this yeah. one family. And the girl in the, in the movie, in this subplot, has a picture and they talk about her ears. And so she then starts to cover up her ears because her ears are too big or something like that. And so that's what it's become too. So not only have we become the marketplace, the product, you know, our emotions, uh, our behaviors being bought and sold online, forcing us to do things, but now we're starting to deal with people and a vulnerable group already because mm-hmm. maybe you can talk on this a little bit more about being a teenage girl. That's not easy to begin with, with all the comparisons right. and the peer pressures and everything, let alone now you take that to social media, and all it does is take one click of a button to destroy somebody's life through mm-hmm. social media mm-hmm. and cyberbullying. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, it was so sad to watch that particular scene. And the, the interesting part is that they do follow this one family. Obviously, it's um, a fictional family, but it's it's... Talk, talks about how social media affects each member of the family. And the young girl, you know, she starts off by by having a picture on her social media and she's not getting enough likes. So she deletes it because it didn't get enough likes. And then she takes another picture and then she uses an app to put um, effects on, you know, her face, like eyeshadow and, you know, mascara and all this kind of stuff. And so she posts that one and then she immediately starts getting comments. Cute. You look gorgeous. You know, nice picture. And then somebody says, oh, can you make your ears any bigger? And then they put like an elephant um, icon. So she starts getting um, self-conscious about, you know, her ears. And so they said that the commentator in the documentary said that this is the first generation from about 1996. I'm going to throw a carrot to our mascot over there. Um, she's the, from like 1996 is when the social media, this generation is the first one to um, be a part of social media in middle school. So we really don't know the full effects because they're because now that generation is, you know, in their 20s. But they're the first one that grew up with social media as a part of their 
of their lifestyle. And it's just so sad because they have grown up um, giving away their definition of self-worth and their identity to the masses. And I think that's the, that's the, one of the really sad parts of the documentary is that when we're not grounded in anything else, but we have this tool in our hand and we think that that's the, it used to be the magazine covers, you know, which is still there. Um, the, the pictures, the advertising, the people on TV. Now we're getting this direct feedback that we were never meant to get from the masses. And people that don't even know us are making comments about us. And we weren't meant to have that type of constant feedback. And for young minds, you know, in middle school, when they're joining this, it's shaping who they are. It's devastating. It's creating depression. It's creating suicide. Um, All kinds of horrible things simply because they have this medium that is way worse than and it's not just, I think when some, another quote in the movie is like, we had things before, like we had magazines and we had television and we had movies. Um, the difference between the technology that we have now is that it's purposely being manipulated and it's purposely working against us. It's purposely manipulating us. And so, you know, this poor girl is trying to post pictures of herself to be accepted and then she's being made fun of and that is destroying her idea of herself and causing a lot of depression. We used to have keeping up with the Joneses. Yeah. Now, obviously, it's keeping up with the Kardashians. <laughs> so we've got this idea of keeping up with somebody that's always been there. Yeah. I remember my days in junior high, which, of course, was pre-internet. It was, you know, and I didn't really care too much. I mean, I was a little bit uh, aware, but I didn't really care too much what other people thought. But it was, you know, the clothes you wear were important. Mm-hmm. Uh, I never had MTV, but I'd sit at lunch and I'd listen to all the kids talk about whatever show was on MTV. Yeah. I had no idea what they're talking about. So, you know, I was like, yeah, I felt left out. But, you know, I didn't really care because I wasn't interested in that. Right. I wasn't interested in the, that. Um, and so there were things like that. So I can understand for people that it's important if they need to feel like they need to fit in. Because I like to think myself as a rare person that doesn't really care what other people think. I mean, obviously, I want people to think good of me, but like, I, okay, so I'm not, I don't wear the, the right clothes. I don't care. So I root for a different team. I don't care. So I listen to, I've always listened to different music than the masses. Like, I never listened to the, ma- the music that the masses would listen to. Um, and so um, my music evolved once I got into radio and I was starting to get exposed to more, but my personal preference was always something different than the mass, uh, masses of people listening. So I would never care that I was a little different. When all my friends were playing a certain sport, I wanted to go play another sport. So I go play football, and they were all playing basketball. Mm-hmm. Um, and I didn't care because I wanted to do things in my life that I wanted to do. I was going to live my life according to me, not being dictated to the influences and peer pressures of others. And so I was, I think, fortunate to always kind of have that personality. But other people do have the personality of they need that affirmation from other people. Mm-hmm. They need to know that, hey, you look good today, or hey, you're with the in-group, or hey, you're wearing the right clothes, or you're listening to the right music, watching the right shows. You know, a lot of people sit there and watch, you know, The Bachelor, Bachelorette, or whatever show, or even Friends. I remember when Friends, the TV show came out, mm-hmm. everybody was talking about it. Hey, son, you watch Friends? No. Why not? I'm not interested. Let's talk about it. I don't care. But I'm not interested in that, because I wasn't like one of those, you know, hey, I got to jump on the bandwagon. But people do. And now it's gotten to the point where we've taken it not only at schools, at work, and other social places. We've now brought it into the bedroom. 
and people now can come at you and judge you, whether good or bad, through a picture on Instagram mm-hmm. or a picture mm-hmm. on social media. Mm-hmm. And I think, I mean, to play devil's advocate, I think that we all need a certain amount of validation. You might not need it in the areas that you mentioned, but I would gather that you would need it in other areas of your life. That's just human nature. We all need validation. Otherwise, we'd be a very cold society, very uncaring, very um, isolated, very lonely. And so I think that there's, you know, sometimes we need validation. And when I say that we need validation, there's, there's like, there's like a spectrum, right? So we, we need to know that we're appreciated. You know, that's a type of validation. Like, like someone appreciates the work that I'm doing. They see that I'm working really hard and they're thankful for it. They're grateful for it. That's a form of validation. That's a very healthy form of validation. Um, when you get to this other end of the spectrum and needing validation, then you're in dangerous territory where everything is dictated by what your followers are thinking of you. And that's a very dangerous, um, and, and honestly, it's in full transparency. Like I've seen the movie or seen the documentary twice. And so I'm asking myself, okay, I'm being manipulated. I'm, being uh, I'm the product you know they're doing all these things the first time I watched the the documentary I stopped using my phone for like three days and I kid you not I was getting the weirdest notifications to pull me back in just like in the movie like okay this is not normal what is she doing why is why is she not on her social media and I, I was getting notifications from about people that I've never even looked at their stuff for like years and all of a sudden, this like weird name would pop up, and like, hey, they. Put, I'm like, what? It, my phone was like going crazy trying to get me back onto all of these apps. So, you know, I've seen the movie twice, and so I'm so I finally, you know, I'm back on it. But, um, we, I can't not like I'm even though I know what's going on. Like I just like I said in the last episode, I just got back from New York, and um, posted pictures you know, of our vacation. I'm like, and I was at, I'm like saying to myself, okay, I'm participating, right? Because then people are going to like the picture and I want to show, you know, the places that we were, the food that we ate. So it's like this weird, like they were talking about in the documentary. It's like this really weird, like addiction that we have and that we're trying to make it normal. We're trying to normalize this, this, manipulation that that we are allowing ourselves to be a part of and it's just weird it's just like okay well I don't want to put it down I don't want to not participate but I know that if I participate I'm going to be lied to I'm going to be tricked I'm going to be preyed upon I'm going to my everything's going to be tracked but then it's like do I just stop altogether because then I'm not communicating with all of these people and I'm not belonging to a certain community. And so it was, so it was like, I, you know, well, one of the points that was brought up time and time again was how much screen time yep. can they get from you? Yep. How much screen time? And then in one of the parts, they, in that uh, kind of family that they were kind of following, they were sitting there and measuring the amount of screen time yep. that they were on. And one thought it was an hour, half hour, hour max. And it was like, Two and a half, three hours. Six. One yeah. of them was like six, was six hours, hours on Instagram. And that's beca- that became like the, 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 the joke, the memes now that go around social media. I sat down 
to just check my social media for five minutes before bedtime, 3.45 a.m., I'm still scrolling. Right. You know, type of thing. And so it is. It's addicting. Um, one of those is uh, TikTok. You know, TikTok will sit there, and you've got your For You page, which is kind of interesting that fits into this because one of the parts of the documentary, The Social Dilemma, talked about how I'll see something on my feeds, but you're seeing something different on your feeds. Right. So, for example, TikTok, I think, is a great example of this because there's a For You page. Now, a lot of people that I've talked to think the For You page is like a general news feed, but it's not. It's For You. So it's specifically For You. (laughs) So I used to, I was never, I'm not in a big TikTok. In fact, TikTok, if anything's on there, it's pretty much the same thing that's on Instagram and other things. Okay. But I used to get into uh, videos that would show you how to take better pictures with with an iPhone Mm -hmm. or, you know, better like tips or strategies for this, you know, things like that. It was like fun stuff. And so I would use it for practical things like that. Um, how to, you know, in this case, I would learn about videos on how to make sure that I don't allow my microphone uh, to access apps that I don't need it to. Yeah. You know, if you have like, I don't know, pick an app, let's say um, email. Mm-hmm. Okay, you don't need your email unless you want to maybe voice Right. You know, to text, but, you know, you don't really need it. So you can turn some things off was the point. So that was kind of interesting to me. And then I came across a page where somebody has a 175-pound tortoise. And I thought that was fascinating. And then I guess that started to generate animal. (laughs) And then like a chimp, and I love chimps, but a chimp video came up. So I watched that. And now all of a sudden I'm getting inundated with videos of animals. And then for some reason, I don't know what, maybe there was a video of a baby and a dog. Oh, how cute or something. And maybe I watched it. Now all of a sudden I get inundated with baby videos. And so all of a sudden I went from videos of how to take better pictures, maybe how to use your iPhone, maybe tricks on how to do this type of editing to now I'm inundated on my for you page Mm -hmm. with animals and babies. Mm -hmm. And I get there. Yeah. And yeah, because they just feed you more of what it is that you're interested in. And to go back to this young girl, um, a lot of the young girls are looking at how to put on makeup, how to, you know, do your hair. Like I'm inundated on Pinterest with hair videos because I have long hair and I'm like, oh my gosh, how did they make that twist? How did they make that braid? How did they do that? And so I look at, and so now anytime like Pinterest will tell me, hey, there's a new hair video up. And so... We look at this stuff, and it's so then we start to get so um, blind or not blindsided, but we start to get so tunnel vision on one topic. And so, if you're looking at oh, how to do your makeup better, then you try it, and then you take a picture, and then you're like, then you get the likes, and then or you don't get the likes. So, oh, I got to do it better, and then you're just like constantly in this frenzy of like this one topic, and we're missing out on. The hey, world at large. TikTok, can you please give me back the uh, <laughs> nothing can stop me, I'm all the way up transition videos. <laughs> Much more entertaining as an adult than baby videos. Breastfeeding videos. Are you getting those? I get those, too. <laughs> I'm like, what is this? It's like, I, and I didn't, like I said, it had, to, it had to have been because there was a crossover between a puppy the the, from the yeah. tortoise and then the, oh, and there's beekeepers. That was another one. I thought the beekeepers were fascinating when they'd go and there'd be like a hive and then they'd have to collect the hive. So I thought it was fascinating. And then all of a sudden it goes from tortoises to bees to chimps to every animal to dogs to babies and now it's babies. And they're just lying there. To breastfeeding. Uh, to breastfeeding. And then it's like, and people like this stuff and they'll eat it up, you yep. know, and, and has, you know, thousands of views and I'm yep. sitting there watching it like, uh, it's just a baby sitting there. Right. Doing nothing. Thousands of views, thousands of likes. 
It's crazy. But that's the thing. But but so so the point is is that TikTok, I think it's most obvious to me how they manipulate that for you page based on what you've seen and yeah. what you you know the the data. Because right. that was the other thing. The social dilemma always talks about everything is tracked. Everything, everything is to manipulate you into something. How much screen time you could get. That's why if you have a certain taste in videos, they probably keep feeding you that. They do. So you just zoom, 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 Yeah, here's zoom, more, here's scroll, more, scroll, here's scroll. more, here's more. Yeah. And it's always like the, um, and then the other ones were um, wait till the end and then nothing happens. Right. That was just to suck you in. Right. And so then those started to pop up. So now I just go, I would go through them really quick because I that was a waste of time. But that was the thing. You could actually see it. If you were astute enough with TikTok to actually see the manipulation take place mm-hmm. based on the videos that you see, and you see a transformation on the For You page to go from what I was really interested in to now just a complete other nonsense. Right. And now, like we were um, talking about, you know, this pacifier, like if we're bored, if we're depressed, if we're away from that information for any length of time then it's like we we crave it again and then we're looking for it and then we feel like oh we're missing out like what does my phone have for me and so we're using it as a a, a um, what do they call it a pacifier like an electronic or a, te- a digital a they digital they actually labeled it digital a digital pacifier, pacifier. yeah and the, the other thing someone said is that they expect us to just adapt to it yeah you know that was the other thing i wrote down just adapt and then the algorithms are not objective their purpose Exactly. So everything's a purpose. Everything on there that you do, everything on there that you see is intentional. And that's what we got to remember. That's why when I first got into social media, I, nothing was ever personal. Things, life, whatever, it was always a professional or surface things. Videos, pictures, beach, whatever, maybe places I worked, whatever. It was always something that was nothing personal because right. I knew that there's always somebody on the other end watching this stuff. It's kind of the old days when you would cover up the camera on your laptop because people could peer I in know, right? through your computer. Then I still feel like there's people watching. Oh, I mean, are. if there's people listening, then like if they're, are they looking on our camera too? They could be. It's all there for you, but everything is. And so here's another uh, clip that we could play. It talks about the effects that it has on real world behavior and emotions. And we are actually clueless is the word that is used that we are actually clueless to all this. Right. One thing they concluded is that we now know we can affect real world behavior and emotions without ever triggering the user's awareness. They are completely clueless. So we aren't even aware. So if we take a look at the self-worth, it's easy to... to deflate somebody's self-worth in a heartbeat you got big ears you got a big nose uh whatever you know yeah. and and that's the thing and i'd see that and again i want to go back to the tiktok analogy you'd see a lot of people in like scantily clad swimsuits whatever dancing around jiggling their assets and they get millions of views and that's all that's all it is i mean there's right. nothing quality to it except right. you know a voluptuous person flaunting their goods okay fine but then i look in the comments and you start to see some people hey um you could wear clothes doing that. You could put something else on and still do that same dance move. Right. Okay. Now, they're, they're calling out what it is. They're not saying, oh, you're fat or anything like that. But they're actually calling out what it is. You could wear yoga pants and not be in a bikini in your kitchen while making your coffee. Right. You know, and so they start to realize that this is all being manipulative because sex sells and everything right. sells. So if I'm going to be TikTok and I want viewers to have as much screen time as possible and someone watches this, that's all I'm going to feed them. All I'm going to feed them. 
because I'm going to so keep them So now we blue. are part of the manipulation to it's, other people. Exactly. Because we're posting things that will get people interested or excited, and we're not doing it because anything else except that we want the likes, we want the followers, and so now we are part of the manipulation as well. And then that one person drops the bomb, hey, your, be- your gut's hanging out. Boom. All of a sudden now self-esteem could start to, especially in younger people, could start to erode. Right. And then what are you putting your what are you putting your self worth in? Right. You know, there was a gal who uh, I knew. She wrote a book called Worth It, and she was talking about her life experience about um, the self worth mm-hmm. and how you try to get validation from other people. And who are you seeking evaluate uh, validation from? Mm-hmm. And what are the type of people? And it got to the point where you know her self worth got so low because she was seeking validation from people that didn't matter. And that wasn't social media. That was just people in her life right so now imagine and you can kind of control people in your life as to who comes and goes but on social media i post a picture i get people that i'm not even connected with that can see it because i'm on public and like it comment on it or whatever and these are people that are out there or on facebook you know anybody can comment on a post, I can come on comment on anybody's post. I don't even have to know who they are, and I can go in. And I can drop a bomb on them and walk out mm-hmm. and be like and destroy their life. Mm-hmm. You know, say some comment. You know, like hey, you're fat. Boom! I walk out, and that's my only thing that I do to them. And now their self worth is starting to be questioned, right? Because they want that likes. Or you know, we've talked about it with you. You know, you would post something, maybe get one or two likes. You know, and it's like, <laughs> and it's like, wait a minute. Yeah. You know, it's it's something there. That affects, same with me. I get a few views. I'm like, okay, I want to get this higher. So what can I do to push the views higher? Mm-hmm. Oh, I have to Instagram story. You start coming mm-hmm. up with strategies to get mm-hmm. more. So it's in all of us. But our validation then comes with, oh, I've got so many likes. Yay, that makes me something special. Well, what if Instagram goes away? Now what are you? Right. Now you're, now you're not special anymore. <laughs> oh, you're just back to whatever it is in the <laughs> back kitchen. Back to what you were. Yeah, you're in the kitchen wearing frumpy pants instead of the bikini making that coffee for the morning. Right. And I think that's where a lot of the depression, a lot of the suicide is coming from because we get so sucked. I mean, I can't, I, I don't want to act like I know why people, you know, commit suicide. But um, the clip that you played, there's a direct correlation to the uptick in suicides in that particular age group to social media. So we are placing way too much value and way too much importance in, you know, social media. And and it does like these young girls, they post things. And then if you look at all the comments, it's like, babe, gorgeous, you know, you're so cute. Like, and so we do it for that reason, right? Because we're going to be flooded with all kinds of compliments. So, and then we say, oh, it's just, but that's just social media. That's just what we do. That's just how it works. That's just how, you know. So I think, I don't, I, yeah. See, in the documentary, Social Animal, one of the comments that one of the girls made was she would go to her DM and she would see booty pics. That's all people wanted was her to send, you know, pictures of her body to people, strangers that we don't yeah, even know. Yeah. You know, and you put it out there and it's like, where are these pictures going to end up? You right. Know, what are they going to do? Or another one, uh, I think it was the same gal, I'm not sure. Um, cause it's been a while since I've seen it, but she, I guess, broke up with a boyfriend and then all of a sudden all his friends started attacking cyber bully and, you know, put out all these lies about her, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and it's like, okay, everybody else then believes it mm-hmm. because they're all sheep. And so then she ends up trying to kill herself. Right. And fortunately she didn't succeed. And then she's come around to realize that 
she gave so much power to this entity, mm-hmm. too much power, mm-hmm. and that she lost control of her life because she gave it to them, to social media, and it cost her, nearly cost her her life, and now, like I said, fortunately, she wasn't successful, so she's around to A, tell other people about it, but then B, to hopefully go on to live you know, a good life yeah. because, you know, she starts to realize that social media is what it is. And I mentioned this a little bit in the last episode, but um, it's just such a conundrum because we use social media to um, to our advantage for certain things. We use it for our work. We use it to promote a book. We use it to promote our, our um, creative, you know, endeavors. And so we feel like we have to be on there in order to get the word out because advertising... It's free advertising for the most part. I mean, there are paid advertisements that, that we can buy, but a lot of it's free as, as long as you know how to work the system, right? So we can promote the podcast. We can promote um, products or, you know, anything that it is that we do, the, you know, the content that we write, we can promote that on there. And so it's like, well, I have to be on there. So then it goes back to what you were saying before. It's like, how can we use it so that we're not getting sucked into it into the into the dark you know part of it but i don't know that we can i don't know that we can separate it because if the people that created these algorithms to to um, manipulate us and then they themselves go home at night and are manipulated by the very system that they put in place during the day then i don't know how we're supposed to separate it either and so it's a real dilemma because you know, you want to put your product out there. You want to advertise. You want to to um, gain followers. I mean, that's the whole point, right? So, if I was going to write another book, I would need to start really ramping up my my um, content in a certain way, and you know, trying to get more followers and try because it, because then you go to a publisher, and one of the first things that they're going to ask is, "Do you have a built-in platform?" i.e. how many people follow you on social media, and how much do you interact with them? How much do they interact with the things that you post? Because they don't want to do all the marketing that they used to. So it's like, you know, are you coming with a built-in audience? Well, the only way to do that is to be on social media. And then you're getting sucked into, oh, no, I don't have enough likes. I don't have enough followers. Like, what do I do? So now I need to take pictures in a certain way. I need to post a certain way to, to kind of get that attention. And now we're right back into it not being healthy. So I don't know what the answer to that is, except that it's we're just stuck in it. Well, it's kind of funny, these publishers, it's like, well, then why do I need you? If I have a built-in platform, I'll just go self-publish. I don't need you anymore. I'll put you out of work. Well, if they have a name, Yeah. people want to buy from Random House as opposed to something that's self-published because it's credibility. Yeah. Still that, yeah, but that's... I've self-published that's two books, and so my third one, I vowed to myself before, I'm like, I will never self-publish again. I will, this time I'm going to go to a main house publisher and I'm going to get, quote-unquote, validation and not have to explain to everybody why I self-published. And now it'll have a name on it. And so it's just, it's just instant credibility. It's, they have better um, ways of, even though we come with a built-in platform, they still want, they still will market you because it behooves them to sell your books. Where if I self-publish, I have to do everything on my own. One of the things that I found was interesting with the documentary, The Social Dilemma, was that the, the guy who invented or created the like button. Yeah. Okay, the purpose was for good. Yes. But he also realizes that the un- unintended consequence of the negative was the fact that, oh, now I'm not getting many likes. Right. 
So the like was supposed to be like, hey, we're going to make you feel good because mm-hmm. all these people like what you did. Mm-hmm. going to validate what you did. But mm-hmm. then the unintended consequence on the flip side was, oh, now we're having depression because we don't have enough likes. Or we're having this because the response isn't what we thought. Yeah. Why and is then- that person getting 200 likes and I'm getting three? Exactly. And we sit there and we start obsessing about it. I don't think there's an answer to it because I think we're too, I don't want to say addicted. We are, but not addicted from the standpoint where we can't not do it. But we rely on social media too much for everything to mm-hmm. connect. Like you mm-hmm. said, whether it's sharing the podcast with people through social media, whether it's businesses on social media, whatever right. it is. We have to mention that we are playing on social media. Yeah, we do. We like play we, on, all we of our Instagram. platforms are yeah. social media. <laughs> we have Instagram. Uh, well, we don't have a Facebook. We have, we have Instagram, but we put yeah. it out there on Facebook and stuff. And YouTube. Uh, and YouTube and, and things like that. So, yeah. So, again, it's not all bad. It's not always black and white. So, mm-hmm. you know, we tend to dwell on the negative right now because that is what the documentary, the social dilemma that right. we're talking about is actually talking about. So that's what we're talking about because they're talking about it. <laughs> uh, but but there are some good to it. You can get good things out there. You can put your music out there. You know, we mm-hmm. talked to Jay Robles not too long ago, the, the DJ, and he has a platform where he can put music out without having to go through, um, you know, uh, a, a record company right. or something like that. You know, musicians can do that. You can have your own music, you know, because one of the things back in the day was you lost your rights to music if you signed right. with a record company. So bands didn't have their own rights. In fact, I think the Beatles at one time, they belonged to Michael Jackson. Yeah. Why doesn't Paul McCartney have the rights to his own music? And then I think Sony bought it. I don't know. So, you know, it's, it's crazy. Now you can have your own rights. So there, So there are some good to it. Uh, there is good to it, but I also think it's how we use it and mm-hmm. how we how much influence we allow it to have. Because there has been conversations that we've had about those influencers on us. How much input and influence are we going to allow these strangers that we mm-hmm. don't even know mm-hmm. to have influence on us? You know, why do we really care that some dude on the other side of the world thinks something negative? On the flip or side, positive. Well, as I say, on the flip side, or positive. I mean, hey, obviously, yeah, great, positive. That's awesome, but. Then on the negative, it's like, why do we, why do we have to have that? It should be kind of neutral. Hey, great. They mm-hmm. like it. That's awesome. Oh, they don't like it. Okay, that's fine. Yeah. You know, it should be kind of neutral. What should matter is the people that matter to us and um, what they say. You mentioned before we were doing our shows um, any type of feedback because, you know, mm-hmm. we're kind of expanding as we do the podcast to different platforms in different places and people are starting to kind of not audition us, but check us out to see mm-hmm. if we're worthy to be on their airwaves and so forth. And, you know, no one has really given any specific, like, you guys do this great or yeah. you guys do this. But on the general, these platforms have said, hey, you know what? We think you have the quality to come on our platform. And I think I take that as positive mm-hmm. because when people see the product that we put out there, they like it. Right. Other people, uh, one person told me, uh, gave me feedback, specific feedback. They like the fact that I don't cut you off and let you talk. Or we let each other talk. You know, mm-hmm. they were referring to me specifically. Mm-hmm. Um, but that we let each other talk. We don't cut each other off. We can, we can, you know, do our complete sentences, our thoughts, and whatever. Mm-hmm. They liked that because they thought it was refreshing. Mm-hmm. So that was specific. Other people might be like, hey, you guys talk too much. You should cut each other off. Be more. Uh, yeah. Uh, Sometimes we get a feisty. little long winded. Yeah. <laughs> but again, the, the, the platform is that, is, is that though, uh, discussing what we go through. Right. But so that validation is good to get. When people say, you know, I don't like what you do, okay, that's fine. Go listen to somebody else. You know, yeah. I'm not, I'm, and you know me, I don't do all on the negative. If it's if it's good criticism, I want to fix it. Right. And that's what I look for. But if it's just like you guys suck, okay, well, 
fine. Go watch something So do you. Bye. No. Yeah. <laughs> uh, here, you know, here's a Tootsie Roll. See how many licks it takes to get to the center of this one, Poppy. Um, but no, but I think social media can be, like you said, good and bad. We just can't give it the power that they want. And I don't know, based on the social dilemma, their research, I don't know that we're strong enough to do Might that. I don't think because... The psych, because they're looking at the individual psychology of the person. What what are my emotions? What triggers Tara? What is Tara interested in, right? And so they have all these algorithms and all these um, machines and all this stuff behind the scenes against me. Like I'm not strong enough to you know to combat against that. I would you know be arrogant if I said that I could. I, there are a lot of things that I do. That after I'm watching it, I'm like, okay, I don't do that. I don't do that. I do that. There are things that I that I do do. So I'm not going to sit here and pretend that I'm above it. I don't know that any of us are strong enough to be, you know, I think we would have to be completely off of it. Because there's that constant dance of, and like, just say, for example, just, you know, we have this podcast. So there's this constant dance of... We got to have content in the podcast, but then, and okay, look how many likes. Okay, good. We're gaining. We're making progress because the likes are going up. The views are going up, right? And so that is pushing us further to keep moving and to keep getting better. And if we weren't getting those likes, then we're like, okay, what is going on? Like, maybe we need to try something different. What up? So I don't know that we can ever be strong enough to be above it. I think we're always... Even if we're doing it for a good reason or for, you know, we want to have good content, we want to help people, it's still, we're still being manipulated and we're still in there and we're still playing the game because we want more, so like, we want more likes, right? To get more likes, you have to like other people's stuff. To get more followers, we have to follow other people. So I, I don't... Okay, here, here's, here's what I do to balance it. Okay, if you go to my Instagram and you look at my posts... If it's not show-related, it's usually going to be um, a picture slideshow, okay? A video, basically, of pictures with music, okay? Right. So it creates a video, in essence, right. that I'm posting instead of a, uh, <coughs> excuse me, instead of a picture or multiple pictures, I'm actually creating a video with music under it, usually about 15 seconds, depend, and that's what I'll put, okay? So then I set myself a standard, a hundred views. If I get a hundred views, that's good. Anything else is gravy, and I don't even worry about it. That way, that has allowed me to have balance. What if you don't get the hundred views? Oh, I get a hundred views because then I keep repeating it on Instagram story or something. And there's no, there's sometimes in there. There's sometimes I post things about uh, like our show. Okay, if I post our show on there, it might not get a hundred views because it's an hour long show, mm-hmm. so I might get a hundred. But I've gotten to the point where I think I've got enough followers where I, I can, mm-hmm. but it doesn't really bother me too much. That's just kind of a goal I get. And so sometimes I'll go through and look and I might repost on Instagram story after I've maybe gained some friends because mm-hmm. maybe they haven't seen it because who really scrolls through six mm-hmm. months ago mm-hmm. what was on your feed? Right. Nobody. So revisit it to new people, kind of repurpose some of it. But to me, I think that's for me personally, I'm not saying for anybody else, that's how I can balance between what I think is, okay, that was worth putting up there. And a good response, considering who I am, considering what I put up there, considering the people that I'm connected with. For me, that's a good balance. 
anything more is great. There's sometimes I think I posted something from San Francisco or I posted something when I left uh, the college that got four or 500 views. Hey, awesome. That's outstanding. But I don't think every time I want to reach that, I find it fascinating what gets, and, and this is my, yeah. my, probably my, I don't know, curiosity, inquiry, whatever, what gets the views mm-hmm. versus what doesn't. Sometimes mm-hmm. I'll post something and I won't get it. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, hmm, that's interesting. I could have swore I would have got that. Then yeah. I post something innocuous just because I just want to see. I think I'm going to post this and I'll take it down. And oh, boom, it lights up. So again, you just never know. But I would say this. For me, I, I set a goal or a standard, whatever you want to call it, that I will look for. That's very low, not high, very low, low bar. Two, I've gotten to the point, we've talked about this, where we used to, let's put the Instagram so it looks like this and it has a feel and it has a flow and it's like this and this. I gave up on that. I said, you know what, I'm just going to put whatever the hell I want on there. And that's what I'm going to do. There's no rhyme or reason to it. There might be some uh, in the picture, like like what I write, the the pictures I post, mm-hmm. and the music I use might have kind of themes. But I don't care about structure. I don't care how it looks. Come to my page, like my stuff, don't like my stuff. I'm just putting it up there because it's for me, kind of like doing the podcast. I'm doing it for me first and foremost. Hopefully, second, it helps people. And third, it's entertaining for people, good mm-hmm. quality entertainment. But I'm just going to start doing it for me. And that's what I've done with social media. I'm just going to do it for me. Um, you know, the, I do this when I was doing the Sunday Night Brew. I just did that because I want to put something different on content, something new. Which is very cool, by the way. That's if you haven't seen his Sunday Night Brew videos on his Instagram, are very cool. And so, I also like you're not necessarily the news. Yeah, I've got I've got more of those <laughs> in the bank. I just need to do them. I want to do a couple of those with you. Those yeah. look like a lot of fun. Yeah, we should maybe we should do that. Maybe we should do as a subset. Yeah, to two steps ahead. That looks hilarious. Um, but um, but but see, it's just for me because it's fun stuff to do. Uh, it's like hobbies. Remember back in the days when we had hobbies? Yeah. Okay, baseball card collecting, or maybe you're scrapbooking, or knitting, or reading a book club. I don't know. Um, but to me, stuff I put on social media has become a hobby right. so that I can be creative. Pictures, music. But the thing that editing. taps into like the social dilemma was saying is like it gives us a dopamine rush. And so even though what you're saying sounds great, there's still that underlying mm-hmm. dopamine rush when we post something and we get those likes and that keeps us to do, let me do it again. Let me do it again. Let me do it again. Let me be more creative. Let me see how many more, you know? And so I don't know that we can ever be, um, above it, but see, I think not that's be part of the true. But system. I think it's true for people because comedians are the same way. They want to put out jokes that people are going to laugh at. Mm-hmm. Music uh, uh, bands they want to put songs that are going to reach the top of the charts. Mm-hmm. So I think it's in us, especially creative type people, and hopefully all people, to do the very best that you can. Yes. And the danger lies within if we, let's say, as creative people look to the views and look to the analytics as validation for what we do is good because most of the time the impact that you're going to have isn't going to be seen through the likes and the analytics. But uh, true. And there's a lot of people who stop because they're not getting the likes and they think, oh, okay, I must not be doing something right because I'm not getting the following. I'm not getting the likes. And so therefore... I guess this was, you know, a bad idea. And so they're using those analytics as a reason to stop or they're using the analytics as a reason to keep moving forward in that particular mm-hmm. thing. And so we're not necessarily being true to ourselves 
we're basing it on the feedback that we're getting. And I don't know, like they said in the, in the documentary, I don't know that we were built for that immediate feedback. Because like when, when you publish a book, when you publish an album, when a, like a, a comedian, you're getting that feedback from the audience whether or not they laugh, right? But the audience isn't out to get you. I think that's the difference. Yeah. Technology is out to get us. That is, I think that's the really big difference in all of this is that we can be creative. We can use the social media, but we have to understand based on the documentary Social Dilemma, they are out to get us. They're not helping us succeed for us. They're helping us succeed for them because it's making them money. And so we are posting on a platform that is working against us and using us. And I think that is the difference as opposed to doing stand-up or putting out an album or, you know, publishing a book. And, and I think that's what we have to pay attention to is that although we participate in technology and sometimes it's, you have to, if you, if you're having a business or you, you know, if you're creative or whatever and you want to get your stuff out, but we have to do it with the understanding that there's people behind the scenes watching everything that we're doing, tracking everything doing and using it against us to suck us in deeper in a, in a different way that we don't even realize and that they're taking us in a direction that we may not even want to go or even realize that we're going. And so we, I think we just have to have the humility to await, to be aware that that's what's really going on. If you need people to like your stuff, you can follow us. <laughs> we'll like your stuff. We'll boost those analytics for you. All you have to do is go to... A little slow on the draw over there. I know, right? I threw that carrot to get her to stop barking, and it went way over her head. <laughs> now she's coming over here. Uh, go to our Instagram. Uh, it's a Judge Free Zone, and uh, Two Steps Ahead Podcast (TWO). Two Steps Ahead Podcast is our Instagram. If you click the link in the bio, there's some options there. You can go to the swag shop, and you can get merchandise like the hat. Uh, you can get T-shirts, beach stuff, all kinds of cool stuff. There's also uh, places like Pandora, Spotify, SoundCloud where you can listen on your favorite platform. Also, our YouTube channel if you want to watch these videos on YouTube. Also on Instagram TV. But Two Steps Ahead Podcast, TWO, Two Steps Ahead Podcast is our Instagram. And um, my personal Instagram is uh, Edem Rocks, E-I-D-E-M-R-O-C-K-S. And if you, uh, E-I-D-E-M-R-O-C-K-S, if you like me, or follow me, I'll follow you. That's one of the things I like to do is I'll follow people who follow me. And if I'm following somebody and they're not following me, boom, you're gone. <laughs> off my page. Off the gram. You're out of here. I follow for follow. Uh, and then also if you want, uh, RadioWarp.com is an online streaming radio station. We're on there. Uh Mondays and Wednesdays, 11 a.m. and 8 p.m. Pacific time. And we're going to actually expand that, I think, to a daily thing. So you can hear us uh, on uh, RadioWarp.com as well. And your stuff? I am on Instagram and Facebook at Tara Hoke Shiro, T-A-R-A-H-O-K-E-S-C-H-I-R-O. I have very few followers, so <laughs> I don't work the system the way he does. But um if you want to follow me, that's fine. Um, I also have a website, tarashiro.com, where you can find my blog. There is a podcast um, video library. Um, and we also have a products page where you can buy um, stuff in the swag shop and some really cool T-shirts as well. And we'd like to thank you for uh, supporting us. Thank you for listening. Thank you for watching. If you want to uh, send us a message, you can. Just uh, send us a 
a DM, as they call it, yes. direct message. <laughs> slide into our DM yes, box. Yes, slide into our DM. <laughs> and uh, let us know what you think. Let us know any comments you might have. Um, you know, just talk with us and communicate. We'll respond. And um, if it's something boring, Tara can respond. If it's something interesting, <laughs> I'll respond. No, but uh, we'll definitely respond. And, um, and, again, it's like one of those things. It's like it's hard to do, but if you can control it as best as you can, you take the power back. That might be a start. I don't know. But I think we're too dependent on it to uh, to change or to get over it. I think it's going to be too difficult. I think it is. So I think we need some higher beliefs and some higher macro uh, some macro vision. <laughs> Which you can go back to previous podcasts on our YouTube channel and, uh, and Instagram TV and see some of the things that we've talked about regarding such things on yes. previous episodes. Absolutely. Hey, we are Two Steps Ahead podcast. Highlighting the stuff we've stepped in so you don't have to. Take your passion. Make it happen. Let yourself be great. Be kind. And don't be an a-hole. We'll see you next time. Thanks, guys.